I'm in, I'm out of my comfort zone right here. This is not what I do. Um, I'm not Chuck Spencer, and I know you all know him. He's my brother-in-law, so um, uh, he's probably watching now. But uh, anyway, that's okay. I'm uh, I'm a willing vessel. Amen. I just want to be used of him. Um, I'm in construction, and that's why I'm here. Uh, uh, I, I I like to I like to work with my hands. Um, I like to work in maintenance. I like to figure things out and take them back to their original state if possible. If not, I would like to think out of the box and put it back how it can work again. Um, but that's, that's why I'm here and it has opened so many doors um, and it's ticket, taken me to several countries um, with our church. Uh, we, we have a group, of, we, we call our men the Minutemen. That was tagged on us many years ago by a missionary in um, uh, Mexico. Sister Stamps, uh, she just said, you guys do everything in a minute. You're so fast. Um, but uh, So she calls us the Minutemen, but uh, we are so thankful to be here. Just a small part of us that are here, Brother Dave Casey, he is not here tonight. He's, his daughter lives in Seneca, so he's in church with her and uh, spend as much time as he can with her and his granddaughter. Um, then I have uh, two young men that, this is actually the crew that, that works with me every single day. We work for a, a construction company. And uh, these two young men, the Bohannon boys, work with me along with two other men who are not saved, um, but um, praying that God would save their souls. Um, try to be a light to them. And I believe that we need to be a light to everyone we come in contact, whether it's on the job or at the store. We need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ. Um, um, and, and then I brought my wife along. Well, actually, she jumped in the truck and said, you're not going without me. She said, I'm going to visit Rebecca. So... Um, that's why she's here. Um, I want you to come, Jana, and uh, give us what the Lord has laid upon your heart. I told her to sing, and uh, she goes, huh? And uh, this is not, she does sing at church, but uh, she's kind of out of her comfort zone too. But uh, testify and. I do sing, but normally with the choir, and uh, not very often solos anymore, you know, how it go goes, you get older, younger ones come along, and they sing, and you kind of sit back and listen, but I do love the Lord, and I don't ever want to miss opportunity to say how good he's been to me, and um, for those of you who don't know, I'm Brother Spencer's younger daughter, so I'm not Darla's daughter, <laughs> I'm her sister, but... Um, the Lord's been good to us. Uh, when Mike was uh, had asked me to sing, he mentioned a. Um, I'm sorry, Sister Pine has uh, just been on my heart. Uh, it, you know, when things happen so suddenly, sometimes you feel like you're in this fog. Like, is it really real? And that's how I've kind of felt, especially because we were gone. And, and um, she used to sing a song when we were kids that said. A miracle, a miracle, what kind would you like to see? To me, the most beautiful miracle was done in the heart of me. And um, as soon as I heard that she was in the hospital and, and different things that started rolling in my heart and mind, and I thought, you know, a lot of times we're looking for the biggest miracle, you know, financial miracle or some kind of healing. But that miracle of salvation, that time when the Lord saved your soul, 
that's the greatest miracle of all. That's the one that uh, the devil wants us to forget. That's the one that when he can make you forget, that's what makes you slip and fall. That's what makes you think, oh, I'm too tired to go to church tonight because we've forgotten that, that miracle of salvation. But I don't ever want to stop saying, Lord, take me back to that old landmark where you first saved me. Take me back to that place. Don't let me forget that place where your Holy Spirit moved in my heart for the very first time. And that's the thing that's going to keep us all the way to the end. And I love the Lord. I found this Sorry if I messed up. <laughs> um, I sprang this song on Brother Kenny and he didn't really know it, so bear with the both of us. I started out to follow you a long, long time ago. I've been on the mountaintop and through the valley low. But somehow it seems I lost my way through the cares of it all. But I remember a place where you spoke Take me back to the old landmark where I'll make a new commitment and begin a fresh start. Help me find my direction, place a burden in my Lord, take me back to that old landmark. I don't know how far I drifted or how long it may have been. There's a hunger deep inside me to feel your spirit once again. And whatever the sacrifice, my first love, to restore, my soul cries out just to be renewed like never before. Lord, take me back to that old commitments and begin a fresh start help me find my direction place your burden in my heart oh lord take me back to that old landmark help me find Place your burden in my heart. Oh, Lord, take me back to 
to that old landmark. Amen. I want him to take me back to that old landmark. You can go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Matthew, the 7th chapter and the 28th verse. I do want to thank Brother Taylor uh, for this opportunity and uh, uh, giving place and letting me behind this sacred desk. Don't ever take it for granted. Young preachers, don't ever take it for granted. Granted, if you uh, ever stand behind a, another man's pulpit, make sure you respect him and show honor to him. Amen. Brother Miles, Sister Miles, thank you so much for your hospitality. The cooks at the, at the school, I mean, I have gained so much weight on this trip. And uh, I'm going to have to go home and go on a diet. Um, but I appreciate uh, the college here, the OBI choir, uh, choir that has come out many times. Um, it's, it's a bright spot in the United States of America. Uh, don't ever be embarrassed. Don't ever step back from it. But go forward um, teaching young men and women and training them in godly ways. Um, I never took the opportunity to come here. Um, I could have, um, but I, I bit the bullet and got married. So, you know, uh, I, I'm not regretful for that one bit, but uh, uh, we are always appreciative of uh, the choir and the work that is done here. Like I said, there's not very many places in California where you can really uh, uh, associate yourselves with, have fellowship with, um, but we can always come back here and know that we're going to find people of like precious faith, and we appreciate that. Um, some of you probably, uh, again, it's been mentioned, but we were here working in the in the church, and we were able to do quite a bit of the uh, suspended ceiling, and uh, the tiles will be leaving out Wednesday morning early, so pray for us as we travel. And uh, again, thank you so much for all your prayers for our church. The Pines were on staff for, um, well, I don't know how many years, I'll do the math real fast, but at least through um, 79, they came on staff and have been faithful ever since. Uh, Mr. Pine has handled our church books and uh, all that for all, almost all this amount of time, worked in our school. And um, I believe I was in her class. Um, I was young. I don't know the age, but um, we had a missionary come from Africa. And uh, Sister Pine was very instrumental in making sure that you were in the altars and you were seeking God and you know, at, a, at a young age. And I really appreciate that. And uh, anyway, the, the missionary that uh, came uh, that day was singing a song as he came down the aisle. And I felt it in my heart right then that there would be one day I would have the opportunity to work in Africa. And as to date, I've been there now uh, about eight times. Um, just n not just one single project, but uh, multiple. Um, I've had the privilege to go with Brother Miles a couple of times, and it's always stirred in my heart, and I really enjoy that. And uh, seeing the things that you do with children's ministries in Africa are very impressive to me, and someday I would love to be able to have you there or even do the same. Um, but... Uh, we don't know what God has in store for us. Um, we have uh, we we would love to be missionaries to there, 
God hasn't just opened the, wide, the door wide open. Um, the Rift Valley with the Maasai people is open right now. I would love to go back and, and, and build a church there. And with uh, your pastor's permission, any offerings that is received, and I didn't come for an offering, it will go into the Africa work for our church. Um, I'd love to build a church there. Uh, the last time I was there in the Rift Valley ministering to the Maasai people, I went to five different churches the first one we went to was made out of sticks and cement bags. And I'm sure that if you've ever been on a missionary trip with Brother Miles, you've seen something like that. So I'm not going to tell you anything that you haven't really seen or heard about. The second church we went to was just under a tree. Uh, we walked, we parked and walked about 50 yards. And there they had tables and a coffee table set up with us with the Coca-Cola and Fanta Orange. And that's where we had church. They have property uh, that uh, was given to them. And uh, they have a pastor. They just have no building, and that's really my heart's burden is to go there and plant a church and, uh, and give it to them. Um, and then there's, there's other places, and we've seen miracles and, and things done there. We were able to uh, have the privilege of praying for a woman and, and casting out devils and uh, seeing heal, healings, and uh, God has really ministered there. And uh, So pray for us. That's the desire of our hearts. Um, but in the meantime, we are faithful in our church. Man, and that's where you need to be. If you're not doing out and ministering or something, you need to be faithful where God has put you. Amen. If it's cleaning the toilets or vacuuming or going on a bus ministry, be faithful there. Amen. And uh, you're going, wow, really hard, Brother Mike. Hey, I'm sorry. It's just how my pastor preaches, and that's what I know. So uh, he teaches be faithful. Um, uh, and I'm just telling you a little bit about myself because a lot of you probably don't know know me. Um, but uh, maybe heard my name, but uh, one brother asked, he says, are you the brother McMillan who does the, uh, the elections? And I go, no, that's my dad. Uh, but I have my mother and father were saved under brother and sister, sister, brother and sister Spencer's ministry, um, basically through the bus ministry, not directly, but indirectly. Um, my, uh, my father-in-law, brother Spencer, um, before I was even a gleam in my papa's eye, uh, was, would talk to my, my father and his brother about coming to church on the bus. And my dad was older and had a car, and he says, nah, he says, one of these days, one of these days, Brother Spencer, one of these days, well, him and my mother got married and had some difficulties in their life, and they remembered the pastor that constantly and consistently, be consistent, be consistent. People are looking for consistency. And my dad remembered that and went to the church and got saved. And then they had us three boys, there's three of us boys, uh, myself, my brother Wes and brother Ken, Ken's pastor in Armona Central Assembly, and the choir's been there. But uh, there, uh, we've been faithful ever since. My father is a Sunday school superintendent, and is there, uh, pastor's right hand man. Reminds me of a lot of brother Miles, just whatever the pastor has need of, he's there. But um, so thankful. We have uh, four children we have Glenna, Janiel, Wilma, and Mikey. And uh, don't ask me their ages because their mom can tell you that. Uh, Glenna is studying to be a midwife. Uh, her desire is to go one day into Africa, open a birthing center. And uh, she's delivered, I think, well over 75 babies now. She's, what, 22 years old. And uh, she would like to open up a birthing center in uh, uh, Africa and teach women how to, uh, you know, nutrition, how to take care of the children, and then also deliver and uh, the rest of them, we're still praying for their guidance, and, and uh, hopefully we can beat or spank or no work the devil out of out of my son uh, to pray for us there. But 
No, we love the Lord, and uh, we're so thankful. Just to give you a little history of me and where I come from, that's been in Riverdale and working there under Brother Spencer, and uh, I'm thankful to be there. Praise the Lord. If you have your Bibles again, I think we already said, turn to past, uh, chapter 7 of Matthew and the 24th verse. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doth them, I will liken him unto a wise man which built his house upon the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon the house, and it fell not. For it was founded upon a rock. And everyone that heareth these sayings of mine and doth them not shall be likened unto a foolish man which built his house upon the sand. And the rain descended, and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Tonight, I just want to talk about your foundation. Your foundation. I'm going to compare your spiritual foundation to a house foundation. As I've already told you, I'm in construction. I poured a little bit of cement in my life. Um, It's not the funnest thing to do, but... uh, I like it because when it's done, it's just done. You very seldom have to go back to it. It doesn't warp. It doesn't, uh, a lot of times it doesn't crack big enough in California that you have to go back and remove it. It's just, it's just done. You finish it and you can walk away from it. A foundation is a stone. It's concrete structure that supports a building from underneath. I'm going to talk about three foundations that I've recently had experiences with and uh i was working in a house and uh the lord told me he said you're going to be preaching in neosho and i was like oh lord no not not there i can't do that he says you know how many people who have stood behind this sacred desk uh-uh <laughs> big names <laughs> not not this dude <laughs> he said yeah you're gonna you're gonna be standing there and brother terry asked me if i would preach i was like Whew, man lord you always tell the truth. <laughs> anyway, there was this house in Riverdale. And uh, the house burnt down. It was on a Sunday afternoon. I was laying in bed taking a nap, and I got a phone call from the neighbor across the street who attends our church. And she says, Brother Mike, the Solario's house is on fire. And uh, I was like, oh, boy. She goes, you may want to come. Well, first of all, I knew the Solario's. They are just a family in our church, I mean, in our community, a good family. Uh, second of all, um, I was on the fire department, so we have just a volunteer fire department in Riverdale, so they need help. <laughs> and uh, secondly, I was on the, I'm on the sheriff's department. I'm a chaplain, so I was able to help, some, help direct some traffic and things like that. So anyway, we get there. Of course, the house is completely demolished. They've lost their home. They're now, they, right now, they're living in a camp trailer. But my boss had took it upon his heart to help rebuild their home. So with the division that I work in, we were at the responsibility of helping them out. So I was, they, they finally just took, they took everything down except the foundation. Now, remember, this is a wood foundation with a cement stem wall. In California, we do a lot of slab foundations. I know I hear you guys do different a lot of times. But a slab foundation, slab foundation is a piece of concrete with footings. Footings where the walls, uh, your bearing walls are going to sit. Every exterior wall has a, a foundation of a 12 by 12. Uh, we dig it out with the dirt. We put in number uh, uh, half-inch rebar, double half-inch rebar. 
It's strong. Foundation is strong. The Slarios didn't have that house after all the water that the firemen had put on it. And they tore the house down. It kind of sagged here and it sagged there. And it had a little bit of a rise in the middle. But with the type of permit they were getting, they had to leave that foundation, Brother Miles. So I had the job of going out there and trying to put a square house on a crooked foundation. And tonight I want to ask you about your foundation. Is your foundation crooked? Now, not all houses could go on that foundation. I was trying to put a square house on a crooked foundation. It just didn't fit right. My thought on this is, some of us are trying to fit our house on mama and papa's foundation. Therefore, it does not fit. Therefore, it's just not right. Sometimes they had a little turmoil in their life or they had uh, um, something in their, in their, in their life that, that, that just gave them a little bit of a hump or a little bit of a bump. So the rest of the story is we got the walls up. We got everything right. We went to put the trusses on and the center wall was a little higher than the trusses. So, therefore, we had to cut the top plates so the trusses would sit right. I'm asking you tonight, are you building on somebody else's foundation? We have to have a foundation of our own. You have to have it on your own. You can't live off your pastor. You can't live off your mother. You can't live off your father. You're going to have to go to the altar. You're going to have to get on your knees. You're going to have to spend some time. You're going to have to tell the Lord, God, I got to have my own foundation. I have to get on the rock. Our third, our second foundation. Dinuba, California. Several years ago, we were building, we were building for my brother-in-law. We weren't doing the slabs, but we were doing the framing. We were doing the uh, siding. We were doing the trusses. We were doing all the pickup. So me and two men were working. We had framed the building. And when we stood the walls, we were like, there is something just not right. We were struggling to get the walls up. And we were plumbing and lining these things. We were pushing I was holding the level, and I could hear him say, we're pushing for all we got. And I said, well, you got to go another quarter of an inch. Push. We finally got the house plumb and lined. That means we had all the walls straight and level. We got the trusses on, and when we put the sheeting on, it, it just the whole house was just crazy. It come to the time to put the OSB sheeting on the side. So we start in the front corner. We always left the sheeting down one inch below the bottom plate. One inch there. We nailed it. We leveled it, put it on. We got to the second sheet. It was coming up off of the top plate or off the bottom plate, sorry. It was like, wow, that's, we're starting to see some of the foundation there. So we lowered it just a little bit, an eighth of an inch, nailed it, put it on. Got to the third sheet, and it was even worse. So we stopped. It was like. Well, well, something just totally wrong. We knew the house was a problem. So we went inside and we put a level on the slab. Can you believe that the slab 
was three and a half inches out of level? Yeah, that's what we said. Oh, I have never in my life or ever since seen anybody put, I am serious, it was at exactly three and a half inches out of level the whole way. I don't know how they got it on that skew. They used a laser level to do this. Big concrete company, well, reputable. And he, the, the, the owner of the company, came out and scratched his head. He did not know how it happened. So tonight, I'm asking, maybe your foundation is a little skewed. Maybe you've got twisted up a little bit. I know some people who have been raised in a holiness church. They've lived a holiness life. They've wore their tie. They've wore the dresses down to their wrist and down to their ankle, and they've lived it all. But after they got out of mom and daddy's care, or maybe they got involved with some weird group, they've decided, you know what? I know a little better. How many of you know somebody like that? Yeah. Just not right. And you know, there's a lot of times we can use social media and we can get a little skewed. We can start saying the things that we don't need to be saying. We can be talking about those that don't need to be talked about. Those that are giving their life around the church and we're out here, we're bad-mouthing them and we're talking bad about them. Uh-huh. Come on now. Your foundation, it's strong. Oh, it has the right consistency of water. It has the right consistency of cement. The footings are dug at 12 by 12 with double rebar in them. But you've got along the way somewhere, and your foundation is a little crooked. I heard a man one time, he said, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself. And tonight, you better check yourself before you wreck yourself because you're going to crash. Third foundation. Not going to be a long message. Third foundation. There was a house in Riverdale right across from where I lived as a young man. A little wooden house. And I know the man personally who bought it. But he bought the little house. He wanted to build a little bigger house and one that was more up to date. So he knocked the house down. He dug a hole. And he buried the house. It's all gone. It's all good. But then he decided to build a house on top of the buried house. Oh, yeah. You already know what's going to happen, huh? Yeah. Nice house. Little two-bedroom, one-bath. Little starter house. I actually lived there before we had children. Right in the center of the floor, you had a little, and you had a crack that was that big. The right front corner of the house was falling into the hole as the old house began to decay. So they came in there, they dug a big, big old hole. They put it, they jacked it up, got it looking good, and they just poured cement down it. Yards of cement, Brother Miles. That's all well and good. But they didn't dig everything that was down there out. So even all that other cement was just more weight. And as the wood started decaying, as you know wood does, it just kept on sinking. And that's where God gave me this message. I was working in that house, doing some remodeling on it. 
And I looked over and I saw that big old crack. And the Lord told me right then, you are going. Brother, my, uh, Brother Taylor said that he, he got a message the other day while he was brushing his teeth. Well, I was working and I got this message while I was working. What is your house built on tonight? We've talked several times about Sister Pine. Sister Pine came to Riverdale. She heard the preaching of the, of the pastor. And she told her husband, she says, I have to have some time. i got to get away. Do you mind if I fast and pray for a few days? And he said, yes, no problem. So she locked herself in the bedroom and fasted and prayed until she found out what God wanted her to know and God's direction for their family. And tonight I want to just remind you that we all have a foundation. It's strong. You have a wonderful church. You have wonderful leaders that have helped you build a strong foundation. But tonight I'm asking you now, what is your foundation like tonight? Is it of disrepair? Is it sagging in a hole? Is it falling from things that you haven't got right with God? Maybe something that you have just shoved under the cover. Maybe under the carpet. It's time to get those things right with God. Maybe you've built on shifting sand. Maybe you've built on the skew. Brother, can you go ahead and come to the piano? I have one more story here that I'm going to talk about, but I don't know what your, your direction of life is going and how it's going, where it's going, but you're going to have to have a good foundation. You can read and you can watch and you can hear the news, and you know that this week is going to be a pivotal time in our country. And I'm here to tell you, you better have a strong foundation. Because your foundation is fixing to be rocked, baby. If you don't believe it, you can ask those around, the little older than you. You can ask, you can look, you can tell that the, 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 the devil is, is just lurking around the corner. And he's going to devour I've, my wife, she does a, a lot of reading and a lot of study, and I'm not a big reader, but she's been reading some of these stories. And uh, there, there's, there's things out there saying that in, by 2024, we could be underground churches. And if that rocked your world, would you be able to stand? Or are you going to crumble? Are you going to fall? You better have a strong foundation in this last time. You can't live off mom and daddy's foundation. You can't live off an unsquared foundation. You can't live off of buried junk. Strong foundations are vitally important if a structure is to remain standing during a significant storm. This was illustrated when like, well, I'm sorry, this was illustrated when Ike 
a Category 4 hurricane with winds up to 143 miles per hour almost destroyed Galveston, Texas in 2008. Not long after the hurricane swept through, one picture surfaced that caught the world's attention. It revealed a yellow house that was standing almost unscathed in the midst of miles of coastal rubble. Investigators determined that the house had been damaged in an earlier storm so that the owners had rebuilt it to hurricane standards. When, un when Ike unleashed his furry, the house remained standing when everything else was flattened. The devil is going to release his fury. He's wanting to destroy each and one. It doesn't matter your age. doesn't matter your skin color. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter if you go here, if you go to Riverdale or the church down the road. The devil is going about by seeking, like, like a roaring lion, seeking who he can devour. What is your foundation like? I just wanted to, to I wanted to, to remind us. I wanted us to, I wanted to quicken your hearts. I wanted you to, to look into yourself tonight and see if there's something that you need to shore up. There's destruction coming. There's destruction coming. And it's not going to be much longer. What is your foundation like? What is your foundation like? Are you going to be, with, be able to withheld the, the storm when it's shaking and it's rattling and it's roaring? What are you going to do? Are you going to fall? Are you just going to, 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 to heed to the devil's imps? Or are you going to stand up for right and righteousness and be strong in the midst of the storm? I want to invite us all just to come around these altars and pray tonight and ask God, God, check my foundation. If I need to tear it out and start over, Lord, I got to do it tonight. I got to do it tonight. Or if it just needs a little repair and, you know, you've been, been tagging along on mom and daddy's short shirt tail. Maybe your pastor, you've just been following everything that he, he says, and you haven't found it for yourself. It's all well and good to follow after your pastor. I, I, that's, that's, you got to do that. But there's a time when you have to get it for yourself. You have to stand on your own two feet. And you have to live the life that he's taught. We have to be faithful. Man. Hallelujah. When the thread of darkness has come breaking in And the force of fear blows like a violent wind When confusion strikes and clouds of chaos hit I know That my heart cannot be held by circumstance for my eyes are locked on the God who sees the end so when this world around me cries out who